0: Log Talk Radio.
1: to our latest Outsports podcast, we are in late September. And it is it is so strange that I, I I listened to Howard Stern for years, and Howard Stern's been on the radio for I don't know thirty forty years, and he they regularly even still from time to time have technical issues, and I always wonder how how can you have technical issues? How can you not have figured out these problems? that seem to recur over and over again. And I now understand because we have this issue with the opening bumper music. Sometimes it plays on its own. Sometimes we have to press play. Sometimes we can manipulate the volume. Sometimes we can't. And I've tried and tried to figure out how to do that, but we just haven't been able to figure it out. So Howard Stern, I now understand your pain. Uh, This is uh, Sid Ziegler. Jim Buzinski is hopefully going to be joining us shortly. He is en route to a wedding in in Pennsylvania. And I'm going to be joining him next week. We're going to be off next week because Jim and I are going to be in Washington, D.C. It's the headquarters of SB Nation. And we are um, actually going to be Spending some time with with uh, <laughs> with some Olympians there, but more more about that next week. Uh, Jim, are you uh, you finally all checked I've in? I've made it. You're, I've you've made it. <laughs> you know, lax. Getting
0: to the Americans. You know, getting to the well, airport it, takes no time, and then getting to the actual <laughs> terminal, <laughs> you just crawl. So.
1: Yeah, what you have to do is—did you take a shuttle or, or how did you get there?
0: I took a lift, and then of course
1: I took the arrival area, but it still was slow. Yeah, I I always have them drop me off at Terminal Five because that avoids the international terminal, which yeah, is exactly yeah. The, the, yeah, I the same. I
0: did the same thing. It still was just one of those days where everything was just stuck. So, it, well, LAX
1: is it's the worst. It's the worst, and our genius mayor and city council um, decided that if they put up a bunch of uh, nice-looking lights at tens of millions of dollars, then all suddenly it would fix all the problems of the airport, and that didn't work. So, um, and not they, connecting they the subway <laughs> to the <laughs> yeah. Well, they claim for the Olympics they're they're doing X, Y, and Z. So, who knows? Um, well, we're we're talking today about something that. Professional bowler Anthony Pepe said on Facebook, and it caught my eye earlier this week or last week, he was talking about some of his haters and and struggling with being gay. And, and the last line of his post just struck me so well. He said, um, when it's all said and done, it wasn't a choice, being gay. I just got damn lucky. And I know my husband Dan and I say – probably every single day to each other, thank God I'm gay, because for, for – well, for so many reasons. But, Jim, do you feel lucky that you're gay? Are you glad that you're gay?
0: Um, I don't know if I've ever framed it the way. i am not ever been sad, that I am, and I'm happy with the people I know. So in that regard, I feel happy to be – in some ways, I think it gives me a little more perspective on minorities – You know, I'm a white man, but and I've never been a person of color. So on the one hand, I'll never get sort of judged literally by the first second people see me. But being a second class citizen, as we've been as gay people our whole lives, you do have, I think, more empathy with people who uh, have different stories than, you know, what sort of the the majority majority are. Uh, But, yeah, I I mean, I, I can see what he's saying, that in a sense that I think the problem with being gay for people is. The rest of society, more than it is you, or your, you know, your orientation, which is normal and is found in dozens of other species. It's simply that culturally we've been we've been taught that you know this is a bad thing and something to be ashamed of. And yet, if you look at the whole arc of history, there have been cultures where it has been totally accepted. You know, thousands of years ago, in, in you know places you would have thought was primitive, and it was no problem. So, yeah, I do see what he's saying, and I think also we it to the idea that that as an out athlete, he is able to compete in many ways at a bet at a higher level. And that's what we've had a lot of out athletes tell us, right? Everyone that, you know, once they came yeah. out and were comfortable, they were able to focus solely on their sport. We have the Olympian, Robbie Manson, who said in 2012, at the Olympics, he didn't enjoy himself as much as he did this time because he watched everything he said four years ago. Right. Did he say the right thing that he, you know, look yeah. at a guy a second too long and now it's simply he was able to be himself, and he simply had a more enjoyable Olympic experience by because he was who he was. Yeah, well,
1: it, it um, well if you look at the Olympics, it, it, it is it's it's odd. I mean, it, it's odd, and it's not. But you look at the success that out LGBT Olympians and Paralympians had almost half of the L- of the out lgbt olympians that we know about won a medal and over 80% of the out Paralympians we know won a medal is it just a coincidence that every every for every 2 years the out athletes do better than their straight and closeted counterparts and so i mean you have to you have to wonder if actually maybe maybe lucking out and being gay has actually made us better athletes.
0: Yeah, well, in a sense, you're self-actualized. You're honest with yourself. You're totally comfortable. And so if you take that step of coming out, I think you've reached a state that is probably good for you athletically because you're not going to have this weird distraction. I mean, the thing about people in the closet is, they always think everybody is obsessed with them. And, of course, as we know, people right. are obsessed with themselves. They're not really obsessed about you. But in the closet, you think everyone's paying attention to every utterance I make. And when you're out, you don't worry about that anymore. So if Robbie Manson wants a comment on a hot guy, his teammates laugh. Or his teammates will ask him, who does he think is gay? You know, they have, they're they talking about their gaydar. Yeah. And, you know, it allows – yeah, so I don't think it's a coincidence that people who have been able to come out publicly and feel comfortable are – are probably stronger people mentally, and that makes them better athletes.
1: Well, in, in a couple of weeks, I'm, I get to go back home to the Cape and, and talk to a bunch of um, a bunch of athletes and coaches. And and one of the things that I'm I'm going to share with them is is obviously the the utter fear of being gay and being an athlete in small town Massachusetts and the teasing that I experience and and the, the bullying of other. Other kids who looked or acted gay that I saw, and and how it it would, it was impossible for me at the time to understand the concept of being gay as being a good thing, a positive thing, something that could contribute to life, something that could make your life better. And as I was walking around Fire Island a couple of weeks ago, my last day, it just it just hit me that, you know this this place. Fire Island Pines, it's 90% gay. When you take all of the, the, the straight people away and all of the possible discrimination and you take all of the nonsense away and all of society's standards and regulations and you're supposed to behave this way or that way, you take it all away and you just plop into this place, Fire Island Pines, where you don't have to worry about any of that, its it's not a wonder that it's I, I am the happiest in the world there because I just don't have to think about all the other nonsense that the outside world, world tries to bring into my life as a gay man.
0: Well, yeah. And if you're miserable there, it's because of something that maybe is with yourself and not because of some external force from society. And so I think it's very liberating. And so, yeah, I do think that if you go back to the athletes thing is that it's universal. And we had a great, Column by Voigt uh, de Meester, a hockey player from Penn State, who said he's been a hockey player his whole life and he's been gay his whole life. You know, that's how he, that's how he frames the people. It's just that it took him longer to sort of accept the being gay versus accepting being
1: a hockey player. Boy, it's almost harder to be a hockey fan in the United States <laughs> today exactly. than it is being gay. <laughs> uh, well, I. I don't know. I guess <laughs> That's all I have to say about it. I just feel really lucky being gay. Um, and, yep. and two guys who, who have, you know, in the NBA and WNBA who have succeeded being very out and being gay, Rick Welts and Kurt Miller. And I know that, you know, you and I talked to Rick 15 years ago about coming out and how it was, he said it was going to be just impossible. And I remember talking to Kurt just a couple of years ago and how it was just absolutely not. This is not a direction that I could possibly go. And here, you now have Rick, who's uh, the what the president and CEO or COO or whatever he is of the Golden State Warriors, arguably the most successful NBA team right now, along obviously with wherever LeBron James goes. And then you have Kurt Miller, who's the head coach of the Connecticut Sun, and was just named uh, after coming out publicly the general manager of the team as well. And it, it, it again, you know, it. I remember talking to them you know years ago um and it was almost like trying to talk to my 14-year-old self you just couldn't convince this person at coming out and telling the world that you're gay and by the way they, they both had partners they were both living as gay men they weren't they weren't totally closeted they were they, they they were living a quote-unquote gay lifestyle but you just couldn't convince them that this was this was not going to be an utter disaster coming out publicly and then of course they've both risen to the uh, uh, the highest points in, 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 in their professions. Yeah.
0: And I think they show that it's not a barrier. And I think they're important because athletes have a limited career. They got to retire from the sport at a certain age, relatively young sports executives could, you know, work until they're 70 if they want to. So I think that it's empowering for people to see that their athletic careers don't have to end basically, you know, once their athletic career is over. And, and so the management area is no longer off limits and it's like a non-issue. And I think that's the biggest thing with these guys. It's simply, it's not an issue for anybody. They're mentioned as gay just in the context of us doing a podcast or maybe someone doing a feature, but not, not in their day-to-day life, which is the way it should be.
1: Well, I continue to try to figure out how to explain the kids and, and, and youth that, you're going to be accepted, and, and even if you know you have some struggles um, in your youth with some, a, couple, a bully here, gosh, the community that you find is going to be amazing. And I, when I have tried to say these kinds of things, when I have tried to show, look, there just isn't all this homophobia in sports. You can come out. I get often greeted on Twitter or elsewhere with with almost um people in the LGBT community getting angry with me because how dare i marginalize the experiences of people who experience homophobia and and and, and it's almost as though there's an, an an addiction on the part of a lot of LGBT people to this idea that they are persecuted and that they are not happy and being gay isn't happy thing and it's hard and we have to continue to tell everyone that it's hard when being gay has been one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. I mean, I, I would have to say that being white, I mean, is, is I, I have to, I, I in this country, I have to say that I am lucky to be white, but I also feel super lucky to be gay despite all of some of despite the nonsense that I've had to deal with over my life. All of it just pales into comparison to the happiness that it's brought to me. But when I try to convey that sometimes in social media, people take it as though I'm trying to say that, you know, every kid who's ever experienced homophobia um, is invalidated. It's a very it's it's an odd groupthink kind of reaction. Well, part of it's social
0: media. Um, <laughs> there's not much context yeah, right. on social media, but I do think that people. They, they don't get the point. No, we've never said to somebody, you have to come out. We all know everybody has certain circumstances, especially young people, but this idea that coming out is somehow a terrible thing, we, we're, we're going to push back at that thing we've had 16 years of experience of people successfully telling their stories and inspiring people. So it is possible. So you want to give people a sense that it's not hopeless because if you take the other view that, oh my God, it's awful, it's like you can see why kids kill themselves. I mean, if you literally find no hope, why not, why live anymore? But if you say, Hey, there's a lot of hope and you can be happy and here's hundreds of examples. I think that's more empowering. So yeah, I do think there is a certain victimization complex with some people um, because a lot of people want to, you know, ignore the good and be replaced with the perfect because it's not perfect. Therefore the achievements somehow don't count as much. Well, no one said everything's perfect. We've come a long way. And I, I just think that we're actually pushing an inspiring message to people because how many times we've talked to people that we clearly know they can't come out and we we don't pu- we never push anybody to come out. You and I also have you know have conversations with people all the time who just want someone to talk to and yet they'll probably never come out but you know we're there for them but there are a lot of other people that can do it openly and compete and that's the story you want to convey. You want to convey hope not you know you're doomed.
1: Uh, i, I and, and and yeah i, I kind of see outsports as that's that's the main role that we play. We try to use the stories of these of athletes um and, and to show what life is really like once you come out and it's not as though we've um we've engineered it this way we we We've run the stories of anybody who will who will talk, but every single one of them every single one of them says their life got better after they came out and that their teams did not reject them every single one the only one that was negative that um uh obviously yes uh, so uh, for, these are for athletes right so a couple coaches we know lesbian coaches have been fired by their uh usually uh christian schools or christian administrators right that's just that's that that has happened but the young athletes who've come out we just don't know one since that, that wrestler in Pennsylvania in the 90s what was it? Greg kongen right i mean he, well, he, yeah, had a but negative he was out it that was a totally – right he was, yeah, he, outed. Outed. he was he
0: didn't come out publicly <laughs> that's the big difference
1: yeah and so when when people uh control their message and and go it at their own pace and even if they go it at the at a at a faster pace than they're comfortable with um, they've been encouraged by people to do it, and so they, try, they take the leap maybe before they're fully, quote-unquote, ready. It just keeps working out. So, I don't, I, I, again, that's, I, I try to tell people how lucky and blessed I feel to be gay, and for a lot of the reasons that you talked about. I see the world differently. I, 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 don't, I never will understand fully what it's like to be black in America, but I can empathize in a way that I don't think I would if I was just a straight white guy. Well, yeah, if you've been called a
0: faggot or you have been attacked because you're a quote unquote faggot, you have more empathy for other people who are marginalized. It simply is the way it is. I mean, there's that old saying, you know, I'm not going to get into an abortion debate, but, you know, women have often said, well, if men can get abortions, you know, the whole debate would be different because, you know, for various reasons. But I think that's the idea of empathy is that. Put yourself in somebody else's shoes and if you're gay you can put yourself at some level in someone else's shoes because we still face discrimination and you know not just i mean in the u.s it's a paradise compared to other countries where it's illegal and you know people feel threatened so yeah i think i think i say listen we're we're inspiring people and offering hope we're not somehow trying to negate the fact that some people still can't come out and we understand that
1: yeah so yeah well and and i know that we have both um recommended people not share their stories on Outsports at times um and and some of them have taken time and 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 then done it eventually and and, and some have not so um but again for for me it, being gay is just it, it's one of the best things that ever happened to me i I have more fun i think i i i, I uh, you know, I, I I talk to my friends who are my age who are straight, and they're just uh, they, they they just feel I don't know it, it kind of a um, anchored. I I can't I can't explain it, but they just feel kind of locked into their their life in a way that I don't. I, and I think because I'm a part of this community, that's just a little more free and doesn't buy into all the societal standards and. And 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 I and I and I feel my life is better because of that. And I just, if I was a straight a white guy, oh my god, my life would be so boring. Well, and if we weren't I gay, we never I, would have met, met each other. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I met. Mean, I and it's hard telling people friends. we it's twenty
0: twenty years since we met each other. And we wanted to do something special, and uh, the special thing is we got an invitation as Sid said to the White House next week, so we're going to be in Washington for a couple of days and have a uh, soiree at the White House with uh, whatever Olympians happen to be there.
1: <laughs> it, it, again, that would ne- we would have never gotten this invitation if we were straight. I think about the people that we've met and, and going to the Super Bowl and seeing our favorite players and favorite teams <laughs> win the Super Bowl. Like, that would have never happened if we didn't start out sports, right? I mean, you would have been an editor. Maybe maybe he would have ended up there yep. as a sports editor. Oh, who knows. I, not have, I I would I would not I would I, that would not have happened. I would never have I would not have shaken Barack Obama's hand in the White House if I wasn't gay. And like I that's kinda neat. I think it really it opens up such different opportunities
0: for us. Well on that wonderful note, I got it running because my plane is about the board, so
1: <laughs> So you can you wrap this your up and carry on up there. You want to get your <laughs> Absolutely. carry on up? Well, yep. Have fun. Have fun. All I'll right. All about a week in, in D.C. Right. Hi. Well, yeah, Jim kind of let the cat out of the bag. We, um, we, are, we were invited to the White House to, to for um, a reception of Olympians, which is uh, kind of neat. Um, uh, but we'll have more about that next week. Um, and in two weeks, I get to go back to my hometown of Harwich, Massachusetts. Um, there's a there's a there's a presentation that I'm doing along with Braden Lang and Stephen Alexander. The high school coach is going to be there, along with a bunch of other people in uh, Hyannis, Massachusetts. And uh, a, a great kid named Jonathan Peters has organized this event and invited. Uh, student athletes and and coaches from across Cape Cod to come and 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 listen to stories and 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 learn about LGBT issues in sports and and, and, and how you can make your sports team and your school more inclusive and and how you can how you can inspire that 14 year old hurdler and distance runner sitting there in the audience how you can inspire him to to just be his true self and and, and create a space where he feels comfortable doing that. So it, it's uh, a great couple of weeks ahead for me. I'm excited I won't be on the podcast um, for a couple of weeks because of all that traveling. Um, I got a bunch of football between now and then, and um, the Patriots play tonight. So <laughs> uh, I, if, if, if they could pull off a win here, well, then, Bill Belichick should be Coach of the year, MVP of the year Offensive player, defensive player And everything else Because the Patriots can win with this quarterback That's pretty amazing Um, But that's all the time I have this week Um, I hope that The conversation that we had about Feeling lucky that we're gay uh, Resonated Love to hear from you Whether it did or did not um, and if it, if it didn't, you know, take a look at our coming out stories in our sports. You can find a section called Coming Out Stories and just start reading some of them. The great experiences these kids have coming out in sports today, in high school and college, and even the pros, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome stuff. Um, so uh, until, well, Jim will be back next week or, the, or I guess the week after, and I'll be back later in October. Until then, go Patriots.